This show is like watching the movie Titanic. Yes. You know what's going to happen. It's all going to sink. It's not pretty. (laughs) But you just want to see how they get there. Oh, all right. Busting out the howl. It's yeah, that's from right. not sleeping lately. <laughs> yeah. If you if you watch the Monday episode, then you know that Jeff's hanging in there right now. So keep him in prayer, him that's and his fine. family. Yep. Welcome to the Beatitudes, a podcast for Christian men seeking to grow in holiness, but also to grow in some humor with one another as we seek to take the faith seriously, but not ourselves. My name is Paul Kolker, and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Nicholas Besner. Hey, that's me. The Nick. <laughs> and <laughs> Jeffrey Sheffelbean. Howdy, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we've got a, a special guest. He was here on Monday. I like how I let you say my last name wrong. Oh, I, I love it. I'm like, wait. No, I, it's I, not I, even right. Yo, Go with it. Yeah. I've been doing it until I see if you push back, and you haven't, so I just keep doing it wrong. I finally caught it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is when you're the most sleep-deprived. You're usually pretty alert. I think this is where my genius comes out. Oh, there it is. Yeah. You you have nothing left but the genius. I've seen it. Nothing to get in the way of the genius. Well, uh, yes, and we we are back again for a bonus episode with Dan Donaldson, and he he mispronounced his name in front of me right before we went on. He said Don Donaldson, and just it threw me off, and now I'm just going to call you San Donald Dan. Is that... (laughs) Donald Daniel Duck. (laughs) Yes. He's not even sure what to do. If you're I watching on YouTube, you can watch him just have like struggle through that. Which Look, if you're not watching the word on YouTube, perplex doesn't even come close. No. I actually got into his head and I recorded what he was thinking. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff downloaded some new sound effects for these and episodes. He is loving it. He is having way too I'm much having fun. Having so much fun. Oh, good. Good. We're only like uh, is this thirty seconds in. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Long, it feels longer than it is, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but so um, this show is like watching the movie Titanic. Yes, you know what's going to happen. It's all going to sink. It's not pretty, <laughs> but you just want to see how they get there. Oh yes. Well, thank you for sticking around. If you're still with us this morning, uh, ladies and gentlemen, again we are with Dan Donaldson, and we learned all about heroic men. Um, the the incredible platform that you guys have built, but we want to find out what got you there in the first place. Like, what's your story that took us to the point where now we're getting to advertise for something that's bringing men together from all over the world? Yeah, I'm. Well, thanks for asking. Yeah. Um. So let's start at the beginning. Okay. Mm. I I'm actually a farm town boy from Walla Walla, Washington. That is so fun. <laughs> yes, it sounds so nice. They named it twice. Uh, that is awesome. <laughs> That's why they call me Dan Dan. Dan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Dan from Walla Walla. Uh, but I I was born uh, into a Catholic family. I was baptized, but my my dad left my mom when she was pregnant with me. I was their fifth child. Oh wow. And uh, my mom was a single mommy for four years until she met the man who raised me, my dad. Uh, And uh, he married my mom when I was four years old and inherited. He had Insta family, five kids, and uh, really, truly a St. Joseph. Incredible man. And Jim Buchan is his name. He's my hero. Um, He did not really practice any faith, nor did my mother. Uh, really, they were cultural Catholics, and um, I was just baptized as part of habit, I think. And um, but my my dad Jim came into the church when I think it was in the fourth grade, and 
Um, he had a massive conversion. He and my, my mom came back to the church, started practicing their faith, and put their kids in Catholic school. Wow. I had no clue what was going on. Um, I was at this little, moved to this little school where they did this thing called mass every week <laughs> and where there was kind of like gymnastics that they did, you know, stand up, sit down and, and uh, kneel. And I just, I had no clue what was going on. And I was very curious. I was, I was enamored with it really. And I would actually, I found out that they did this mass thing every morning before school at six thirty in the morning. So I started to ride my bike. Wow. Because I wanted to figure this out because partly uh, I think it was social because I didn't want to stick out like a sore thumb, which I did. Um, but I was also very, very curious. And there was this amazing priest I mean, named Father Caffrey. Um, and uh, so I just started showing up starting and sitting in the back of the church with the other six people that were there. And he approached me one day and said, you know, hey, I see you're showing up here. You want to be a, an altar server? I'm like, sure. <laughs> What's that? Get plugged no. in. Yeah. No, no, I didn't ask any questions. No, no, yeah. Yes, sir, I'll do it. <laughs> sure, I know what that I've, does. I've seen all those other kids in the white robes doing yeah. the things. Oh, he figured it out really fast. <laughs> he probably already knew. Yeah. Uh, and I had knew, no clue what was going on, so he took care of things, and I received my sacraments, and he guided me along. But that St. Augustine says, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O Lord. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say that's, uh, and that's my whole life. Um, and really, I notice it there. And you, you know, there's peaks and valleys, ups and downs, and, you know, we it's not a straight line, and I certainly haven't lived in a straight line my whole life. And uh, what didn't really, I, I went in my high school years, super active, busy, and then went off to college and drifted away from the faith, like overnight drifted sure. mm. away uh, from the faith and actually got to a point where I kind of rejected it altogether. Um fairly agnostic really and just didn't care yeah i think that that's probably worse than than um worse than you know a, a passionate atheist is somebody that just doesn't care mm. okay got it um and that that was me and so drifted along and um play was played baseball in college and it was also fairly entrepreneurial and uh you know, I lived in a house of baseball guys, and uh, the way we uh, subsidized our rent is we had cakers. Yeah. And we charged for them. And uh, at one of these, uh, a young lady walked in the door, and I, I couldn't see anything, but one of my friends made a pass at her, and she said, I wouldn't do such a good, such a thing. I'm a good Catholic girl. Nice. And my head. Snap. <laughs> yeah. And I saw the most beautiful creation of God's earth uh, in front of me. And of course, I did, didn't do anything that evening, didn't say it, but I found out who she was, where she worked. She worked at a local record store. So I beelined it there the next day. It totally embarrassed myself and asked this girl out. Yes. And uh, we went out on a date, and um, it really, truly was love at first sight for me. A week after I met her, I told her I was going to marry her. She thought I was insane. <laughs> and a year later, I did. Wow. What a witness. What's her first name? Andrea. Andrea, what a witness to blurt that out at a, like yeah. a tiger. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then look what it did. Look, look what you're doing now. 
What? So, so was your opening line when you showed up? I'm the vinyl. You are the branches. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. No, <laughs> I was going to play the. Uh, yeah, I was going to play the. And then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. Uh, <laughs> that's that's also very very good. <laughs> well, so uh, she brought down that walla walla. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch that one. We'll just hang over here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he edits himself out. Actually, no, no, you never edit yourself out. Yeah, I, I make y'all look better. Yeah. <laughs> I keep all my junk. <laughs> okay, but yes, but so, okay, where were we? <laughs> so we were married young. We okay. were married when we were 21. We had our first uh, baby when we were 22. We were still in college. Um, and we weren't actively practicing our faith. Uh, you know, Andrea just drifted along with me, and the only time that we would actually go to Mass is when her father would invite us out to breakfast afterward. And uh, so we, we would show up and, and go to Mass, but eventually we moved away. Um, I started, I was a high school teacher and a coach, it was, and we moved away. We just didn't, wasn't, weren't going to church at all, but um, I actually got involved with a group of evangelical business people, and they talked about Jesus in a way that I had never really heard before, like they knew him, yep. like he was their friend. Mm. And have you ever seen a dog that heard a new noise? You're, yeah, <laughs> the head, the head tilt. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> can you put that on your little? You know, here's this is uh, this is when you realized. I don't know. That's just another noise. <laughs> that one doesn't really fit, but cool noise. It's called squirrel laugh. Well, I was enamored um, and really squirrel laugh. Sorry, squirrel yeah. laugh. sorry, sorry. Yeah. I'm you enamored know. with a squirrel laugh. Yeah. yeah. Right. But these, these people really inspired me. I, I was uh, very attracted to their enthusiasm and their love for their faith. They would invite us to Bible studies and to these services where they'd have these altar calls, okay, where they invite you up to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I saw this happen a few times, and I thought to myself, well, have I ever really done that? And, uh, you know, I... I we got. We went to one, and and the the preacher said, you know, you're either for God or against Him. Choose. I'm a fairly black and white guy, so I stood up and I walked forward. Sure. Mm. And he said, you know, I haven't made the altar call yet. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I'm here, uh, but I did make a decision to give my life to Jesus yep. that day, and everything. It, it was. I walked out of that building, and the world actually looked different. It was brighter. Okay. Cool. Was I completely changed? Yeah, I was, but there, I was still a lot of, there was still a lot of me uh, in there, sure. but it was a radical thing that happened. We were told after we, and by the way, my wife went up with, with me um, and we were told as we went out of that building, Hey, go find a Bible believing church. Okay. Mm. Get community. And so we didn't, we failed to go back to the Bible believing church, the Bible making church, yep. the Catholic church, we, but we did some church hopping. We wound up eventually at a Baptist church where they had a deep, deep love of scripture, but we were invited in and there was this great sense of community right off the bat. When, the moment we showed up in the door, somebody took us to our seats. 
uh, sat us down. were very friendly with, with us. After the service, they came and got us, took us to donuts and coffee and juice for our kids. And then by the time we walked out of the door, I was signed up in a men's group. My wife was signed up in a mommy's group. And then we were signed in a couple's, couple's Bible study together. That is so powerful. I wish the yeah. whole world, especially the, the Catholic church that's trying to lock people in so they don't leave, <laughs> could hear what it's like to be part of an invitational, evangelical yes. way of approaching community. Yep. Authentic friendship. Yep. Yeah, so that's where uh, we really fell deeper in love with Scripture, and uh, just it was incredible. But as the years wore on, and we became very, very involved and fell in love with the Bible, which was totally awesome. And I was, we were on fire for our, our Christian faith. Um, we, but my wife, when when. When we attend these Bible studies in groups, people would say, hey, pray for my uncle, brother, cousin, sister, friend, mother. They're Catholic. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, let's pray for those Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is really super intelligent, and she says, well, what's wrong with Catholic? I better check this out. So she started to read books she started to listen to the radio. She started actually to call radio show hosts. She started to watch TV. She really started to check things out. And she came to me one day. She says, you know, I think we're really missing something here. We're missing the, the fullness of the faith. And that went right over my head. I had no clue what she was talking about. I know what that's about. like. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Um, and uh, it became a big issue in our marriage. Um, I, mm. I, I was on, I was just fired up about my faith, uh, excited about my faith. And she was really feeling called back to the Catholic church. I wanted nothing to do with it. And we were batting, just beating her heads against one another. Yeah. We got our knees one night and, uh, just, we said to the Lord, we just really gave ourselves to him in prayer and said, Lord, we can't figure out a compromise here, let alone a resolution. Please help. Beautiful prayer. It was real. It was so, uh, I remember the place. Of t I yeah. just remember it so vividly. And the next day, got up, and uh, I started, we agreed to go to see a counselor. And I started calling around, trying to find a Christian counselor. And I got a hold of a guy that said, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a counselor from a Christian perspective. I was born and raised Catholic. I went to the seminary. Uh, but I've left the Catholic church, and I'm now at this evangelical church. And I thought, Lord, you answer prayer so quickly. This guy's going <laughs> to fix Andrea. This is great. Go fix her. <laughs> I never told her a thing. Oh, sure. So we show up at the first appointment, and the issue came right out. Um, and the gentleman looked me in the eyes, and he said, Dan, what's your problem? The Catholic Church is a Christian church. Whoa. Remember the dog that heard the new noise? <laughs> Do it. You ready for it? Like, okay, so he says, Dan, what's wrong with the Catholic Church? And you say, Somebody needs to pre screen the things you load on that machine. Somebody needs to pre screen everything I do. So at that moment, you know, Andrea, by the way, 
I, but if she had tried to be try to get me to listen to CDs, I would throw them on my, my car, car window. I couldn't read a paragraph of a book that she wow. would give me. Um, but he, the Holy Spirit used that gentleman to open my mind. Mm. So Incredible. I immediately started to read the books, listen to CDs, really investigate. I would go to Mass with my Bible, go to Mass with Andrew with my Bible in my lap. And uh, I, was, I was blown away. It was so mm. incredible. And I had all these objections, and they just started to fall just one by one by one by one. And uh, the last one was the Eucharist. I thought, how in the world can you worship a piece of bread? Mm. Either that's true, and the Catholic Church is completely right, or that's the worst idolatry and the most evil thing that a human being could think of. Yeah, it's a pretty strict dividing line there. Yeah, it's a big, big-time dividing line. Yeah. And then I came home from work one day, and our 10-year-old son Jacob was on the couch with the Bible in his lap, and he was crying. Wow. And I said, Jacob, why are you crying? And he said, Papa... It says right here that I don't have life in me. He was reading the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John where Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And he didn't walk away. He read it and he didn't walk away. (laughs) There's plenty of people who read that and walked away or heard that firsthand and walked away. That's right. The people that were with Jesus walked. And... Um, so I called, I, I argued about it a little bit, met, met with some people. They, I met with uh, the Protestant pastor and uh, some other people, and they just couldn't give me good answers to this. And so I eventually called a Catholic priest, and they showed up, and he says, you're ready, aren't you? I said, yes, Father. <laughs> <laughs> and Father, he was amazing. I argued with this guy for three years. Oh, yeah. wow. He was incredible, awesome. but he gently led me back home to the Catholic Church. He said, you're ready? I said, yes. He said, great, let's go to confession. Amen. And he put it on his stole, and he walked me in the confessional, and he, wo- and he welcomed me back to the Catholic Church. And that Sunday, my bride and I received the Eucharist for the first time in over a decade uh, with absolute t- just tears just pouring down our faces. And I'm sure everybody in the church was like, what's wrong with this couple? <laughs> <laughs> but it was the... Uh, the most amazing day of our lives and it that was in 2003 and it keeps getting better and better and better it just blows me away how much i still keep learning um and finding out more about our amazing faith and um so that's my 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 background uh you know from the faith perspective i was in the pharmaceutical industry in in sales in sales leadership roles um and uh, it moved me all over the country and eventually moved my family to Denver um, and found out in 2015 that the pharma company that I worked for was doing human embryonic stem cell research. And I knew that I couldn't participate in that. I yep. began a novena to St. Joseph the Worker. You have some socks, don't you? Oh, yeah, right here, my <laughs> friend. <laughs> Always. Sock, religious St. Joseph socks right there. Um but I began a novena to St. Joseph the Worker. In the middle of that novena, Tim Gray, the president of the Dr. Tim Gray, of the president of the Augustine Institute, approached me and asked me if I would be interested in helping them with a merger with Lighthouse Catholic Media and to help them launch Formed. Wow. <laughs> these, so things, not? these things happen. <laughs> no big From deal. From time to time. <laughs> but 
I knew Tim. I actually uh, coached his son in baseball for six years. We were friends. We were part of the same homeschool fa- uh, group, and yeah. cool. um, so he knew my my business background. And I was very blessed to join the Augustine Institute, and in where uh, for five years I oversaw the launch of Formed and all of their diocesan partnerships. And after that, I was blessed to work with Chris Stefanik during. Uh, COVID timeframe in 2020 to 2022, help yep. him navigate through that that time and help him grow his ministry. And that was a total gift and blessing. And then in October of 2022, I, I uh, got to join my do my dream job with the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance. You're doing it very, very well, my friend. Um, I love this story. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Wow. When you brought up Andres Whitmer on the last show. Yeah. In the Pope and the CEO, because I'm just thinking about like this confession moment, he tells this story. I don't have that one up there. I just have the principled leadership one up there. But he tells this story that JP2 was walking somewhere in Rome, a homeless man he stops and talks to, says, I actually am a former priest. You know, this homeless man, he's like, you're not a former priest. You're a priest. Mm -hmm. He said, why don't you come with me? And he brings him in. I'm butchering the story, but he brings him in. And the homeless man priest thinks he's going to get a chance to give his confession and uh, JP2 puts the stole on him and confesses oh, his sins to this priest and welcomes him home. Like, oh, so confession, cleansing. Amen. The Eucharist, I used to get confused when we'd say, not confused, but I would, it sounded so cliche, the source and summit of our faith. But mm-hmm. when I break them apart, it is the source of our faith. It is also the summit of our faith. And once you can lock onto that, you know, I don't think it's weird to be crying with your wife at the Eucharist. I think it's uh, it shows that you know what it really is. Well, okay, Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance, heroic media, heroic men. <laughs> we do we, we have heroic media people on here. We have heroic yeah. men people on here. We have all heroic sorts of men. This is a heroic show. Heroic attitudes. Yes. <laughs> heroic Paul. Heroic Nick. <laughs> There's Jeff. You <laughs> men to say that. Ah. Didn't you? Ah. Oh, Dominic, you're listening. Look out. Look out. Uh, if you want to check this out, catholicmenleaders.org and heroicmen.com and beatadudes.com. They're all on the webs, internet. Okay, you're awesome, my brother. Thank you for being a dude. Thank you for being a beatitude. Thanks for leading men and for leading us. We're and- excited to have beatitudes on Heroic Men. Uh, so, fellas, uh, tune into the show through heroicmen.com, uh, Beatitudes, and uh, just have some brotherhood and live out some joy together. This is an incredible show. What an honor to be with you guys. Oh. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks wow. for sharing. Yeah. And if any of your listeners haven't ever heard this before, I do want to warn them that they're going to laugh until they cry, but they're also going to cry until they laugh. So it's pretty pretty intense. <laughs> <laughs> Cyclical, Yeah. Self-giving. Yes. All right. We will see you on the Heroic Men platform. Dan, we'll see you here and in Denver and everywhere in between. And for the rest of you, we will see see you in in the Eucharist. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at, that's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.